Hello and welcome to Reality Roots Podcast with me, your host, Hillary. Welcome, one and all. Uh, how are you? It's been a long time, <laughs> probably. Just trucking along, doing my best here. I hope everyone's good. It's Thanksgiving here this weekend, um, so it's still been busy. <laughs> the night shifts have been a little interrupted, which... Uh, is when I wanted to work on the podcast, which is why this has taken so long. But I promise you, I did my best. And also, I watched it like a million times because in my head, I thought this time, you know what? It takes not like I can just have it on in the background. I can watch it 40 times in the background. <laughs> like every time I come up with something new. So I watched it a lot. <laughs> Nothing slips. And then I also took notes. So yeah, I'm. It's later right now than it normally is when I record, so it's a bit different for me. I hope it's okay. I'm a little bit more tired, maybe, than I normally am doing these, but we'll see how it goes. If it sucks, or if I feel like it sucks, then maybe I'll just pause and come back to it tomorrow. But let's get right into it now, shall we? We are back, back with Sally, Jesse, Raphael circa 1997 it had a copyright at the end this is titled more shocking secrets exclamation mark (laughs) obviously do i even have to say that in this point more shocking secrets exclamation point obviously what other punctuation would it be we can't just have no punctuation in a title card my god so we get this opening it's very doctor i mean it's obviously before dr phil but it's very just very pre-dr phil (laughs) where sally is backstage getting her hair floofed by her professional dedicated hair floofer who is earning her paycheck and (laughs) she's i don't know i guess it's supposed to kind of seem conversational but just like over the shoulder casual Kelly to the camera like what's up girl just got my hair done what would you do if you were keeping a secret from someone a secret that really consumed you with an awful lot of feelings of guilt and maybe haunted your every waking moment would you really want to reveal it and she looks over to her hairstylist like now she's gonna talk to her but just for a second and then she turns right back to the camera so for half so she's like even if you knew and then she turns back it would devastate somebody and probably ruin your relationship with them forever the hair girl just like smiles <laughs> politely mm-hmm. uh pre we got a preview clip montage and i'm not gonna go through that because there's spoilers for the rest of the episode I don't like doing that, Um, but I want you to know that there were six different fonts. Like, there was, like, a title card in, like, an Aladdin font, and then a clip to follow the text, and then we come back to another, um, like, another title card with a different font. It was, like, a cowboy font (laughs) with some other text and then a clip to follow. It was... I don't want to say the word random, like, oh my god, it was so random, (laughs) but like, it was very random, I don't know another way to describe that other than just random fonts, (laughs) one after the other, 
interspersed between clips. First up, we have Rachel, and Rachel has a secret for her fiancé, Dick. That's unfortunate. Who goes by Dick? We see Dick in a secluded area, quote-unquote. Rachel's hair is terrible. I hate it. Every time I see her, I just cannot. It's really hard to focus on anything other than how terrible her hair is. I don't know if her face looks terrible. Her mouth was super wide. Like, it took up the entire width of her face, I think. She's got really wispy bangs. Not... It's not, it doesn't have the floof of like a floofy bang, but they're very parallel, straight down, uneven length for some reason. I'm not sure exactly. It looks kind of like a, like a hair comb, um, but then the, I don't know what you call them, the teeth. Oh, I do know what you call them. The teeth of the hair comb um, are like all cut at different lengths. There's definitely a product. I want to say a mousse. There's a mousse, I think, to get these little pin straight. Just like four, four, four to five hairs, <laughs> like kind of smushed together in straight lines to make a, a comey bang type effect. I hope that's clear. It's very 90s. It's like a lady mullet. I don't, I hate it. It's kind of floofish on the top and sort of longer at the back, but it's sort of like just touching the nape of her neck. I don't like it. It's a short do. I don't like it. With the little Chiron under Rachel, it says wants to her wants. Okay, this is a Sally. Fuck you. I, what is she always doing this? They put a Chiron up to tell us at home what's going on but the audience doesn't have these fucking chirons so they're not reacting really in unison with our reactions at home because they don't they're finding out at different times so this chiron tells us the audience only not or sorry that's the audience at home only not the audience audience physically there says wants to confess to her fiance that she had sex with his brother yikes but the audience doesn't know that. They just see Rachel sitting there, sitting there, crying. Rachel's like, oh, I want to start with a clean slate and be honest. Like, um, we've been together for a year, but it's been rocky. You know, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's been rocky. It's only been a year and it's been rocky. Like, mm, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of rocky. <laughs> Sally's like... Are you sure you want to marry someone if it's Rocky? Rachel's like, yes, it's all me. I don't know, Rachel. Uh, Rachel has problems. Rachel's not ready to get married. Rachel has a lot of work to do on Rachel. I'll tell you that right now. Rachel says, yes, it's all me. I'm scared. It's my second marriage, but I really love him with all my heart. And Sally's like, well, that's very, very important. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. <laughs> then maybe we can get over the rocky things, especially if you know that you're the problem. <laughs> like, okay, Sally, it's rude. I don't know if that's, I don't, maybe she is the problem. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. One of the reasons why it's rocky. Sally's in like a brown power suit by the way with like her classic sally hair all floofed by that 
hair floofer backstage and her glasses, her Sally glasses. She's sitting next to Rachel in this like mother of pearl colored love seat. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like I normally see a, a wicker, <laughs> kind of a golden girls wicker situation on Sally. I don't know where she got this love seat or who thought that a love seat was a good idea for a daytime talk show to make everybody sit awkwardly squooshed together <laughs> like that. Looks kind of weird. So Sally finally asks Rachel to reveal her secret, even though we already know it because we had the spoiler of a Chiron earlier. Uh, Rachel's like, I had an affair with his brother for three months. <laughs> like out of 12 that's not good Rachel <laughs> that's 25% of your relationship to date that's not not good the audience is not at all happy with that they are shocked on finding out this information Rachel I guess explains question mark that Dick had stayed home to babysit his nephew and then Rachel went out with her girlfriend and met up with Dick's brother. And then she's like, and he like acted like I was his girlfriend, you know? It's like, a, it's kind of a weird move. I guess I can imagine it. I don't know. Sally asks if the brother was married and Rachel says no. So good. <laughs> I don't know what, how that was relevant. Sally then tells slash asks Rachel like oh so every time Dick went out you were out you were with his brother the audience is really starting to grumble now (laughs) Sally asks how long the affair lasted and Rachel says three months listen up Sally (laughs) pay attention Sally says okay sidebar because this isn't anything to do with this but it Love is Blind is happening also right now. If you guys aren't watching it, it... Uh, you know, every season of Love and Blind, of Love is Blind really engages me in a new way. <laughs> this season is no exception. But anyway, there's a girl on there and she's like, oh, I wanted to go into medicine, but then I decided to go into science and I got my degree in chemistry. And the guy she's talking to is like, oh, cool. So like, what kind of science do you do? And she's like, well, I think she said something else, but at home I yelled. I was like, chemistry. Fucking listen up, dipshit. Like she just said, like, do you not understand? But then she said some other shit. I don't know what it was. It was like biochemistry. I don't know. It was something specific. Like I develop a drug for whatever. But yeah, it was like chemistry. She said chemistry. <laughs> Pay attention, buddy. Sally says, oh, well, do you think you were trying to sabotage your relationship with Dick because maybe you're afraid of commitment and all you have to do is have an affair with his brother and then that pretty much ends that, eh? And Rachel's like, mm-hmm. And Sally's like, maybe somewhere maybe somewhere in the back of your mind, yeah? And Rachel's like, mm-hmm. And Sally's like, okay, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth you're failing Sally you're done you've done uh does Dick know anything happened and Rachel says no not at all and apparently it's been over for six months so if we're gonna keep track of the timeline that means that she dated Dick for three months and then 
also dated him, but was sleeping with his brother for the next three months. And then now this last six months has been consumed by the secret of what she did in the the second quarter, I guess, of the relationship. Why would you want to get married? Like, marriage should be the last... It's like the being on The Bachelor. Have I... I'm, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Again, if, a, a problem I have with The Bachelor is when they're like, oh, should I marry him? It's like, no, obviously not. You've been on two dates. Like, you've been in his presence for maybe, like, eight hours total. <laughs> like, no. You shouldn't. It's every time, no matter what. I just sit here like obvious no. Um, Rachel, no. Why would you want to marry him at this point? It's clear. Don't do it. Stupid. Uh, Sally like tries to get into kind of why Rachel wants to tell him today. Rachel's like, because I love him and I want to be with him. The audience gives her some applause, but it kind of, like, turns to booze. Like, some people are like, yeah, but other people are like, no, I'm still not on board. Sally kind of gets into, like, well, like, are you are you just doing it because you're afraid that the brother's going to tell him? And Rachel's like, no, not even a little bit. So I'm just here out of the goodness of my heart <laughs> to tell him that I spent a quarter of our relationship fucking his brother. Um... That's good. Sally clarifies that they were not engaged while the affair was going on. And I was like, I fucking hope not. Three months in and then nine more months not married. Like, it's kind of like a long engagement thing after dating for three months. What is three months even? Like, oh my God, I have food that I've had in my cupboard for probably... I don't know, four years, maybe like three months is like a drop in the bucket of time. That's crazy. Here comes Dick. It's disappointing. I mean, if your name's Dick, you know what I mean? It would have been cooler if you would have come out and been something, but I don't know. Dick has a mullet. And, like, a denim button-up shirt and a too-thin mustache. This is going to sound really, really mean. And I honestly hope he's not listening. But if you are here because you're a trash bag, welcome. Thank you for being here. Preach. Uh, he he looks like Wish version Ace Fanning. And, I again, I did watch this episode probably four or five times and I never didn't think that like every time I looked at the screen I was like ah what is oh no that looks like a shitty ace like no I don't think ace looks shitty I think this was like a shitty looking version of ace fanning and if you don't know who that is and you're not a trash bag then I'm sorry I love you just as much as all the trash bags Sally asks Dixon like soft soft questions about the relationship with Rachel and being here. And then she does this weird th- I don't know I don't know if she didn't read her cue cards or if her cue cards got mixed up, but she's like, I wanna find out a bit about you first. <laughs> like, okay. When are you getting married? <laughs> it's like that's not about him. How do you feel about Rachel? <laughs> I was like, okay. Barely about him. Like, what? (laughs) Sally. Okay, they're getting married next year. And 
for how do you feel about her? He says everything. And they're sitting there holding hands, their fingers interlaced. He says he has no idea what's been troubling her. Okay, throws to Rachel. Rachel, you're up, girl. Let's hear it. He says, Dick, um, there's something I really gotta tell you. And I love you very much. And I want to be with you the rest of my life. But when we were living with Blink, I had an affair with him for three months. But nothing happened since. And I'm so sorry. And she, like, covers her mouth crying. I don't know if she's crying, crying. I feel like I didn't see a lot of, like, tears, tears out of Rachel. Like, wet tears. I don't... I don't know, footage not found in my memory. Dick is looking at Rachel. It's really hard to read his face. I mean, what what would you expect? <laughs> it's a pretty shocking thing to find out. Rachel is like, and I love you only, and I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And there's a lot of grumbling from the audience now. Dick doesn't know what to say. And Sally also is like, I would normally ask you what your reaction is. It's pretty shocking. Probably has to just register. Like, is there anything you want to say to her? And he says, no, there's nothing. Um, She asks, I think he's done. Like, honestly, from this, it just, he seems like he's just like, okay, well, fuck that. Um, But he didn't really say it. Sally's like, do you want to sit down somewhere and talk about it privately? And he's like, like, maybe. Like, that's a possibility. Yeah. (laughs) Rachel, this will look good for you. Sally asks him to tell her his villains after they've had time for a private chat. And he says, that's fine. And Sally's like, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? And Dick is like, oh, I was ready for anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. We'll be right back. Commercial. Now, once again, if this pieces together any, time of chi- any kind of timeline for us, we again have that mauve background with Sally on it. Uh, back it's like the outer screen of the screen and screen <laughs> preview clips very classy we get some clips of what happened during commercial break rachel runs, runs off crying dick says he's not okay with it next up we have peggy 39 single mother of 22 year old son scott and has a secret to reveal to him now scott i'm uh, sorry it's just i <laughs> This was the best part of the episode. I really hope I can do it justice. Now Scott is in the secluded area. Uh, it's this giant striped velvet couch. And there was a picture behind it I saw too of like Sally and someone. It wasn't Gilda, but I don't know. They were like on her stage sitting in these chairs looking at a TV screen on Sally's stage watching it. It was very bizarre. I don't know if it kept... It kept catching my eye because I was like, what? Why that? <laughs> what that? Why do you, what a weird moment to like be like, put that in a frame. <laughs> Just throw that on the wall. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay, now we get to talk to Peggy. <laughs> Peggy should be on Milf Manor, except for she's only 39. So I guess she's not old enough, but if. Peggy's just, she's been booked on the wrong show. She needs to be booked on Milf Manor immediately. And okay, if this was, ooh, okay, she's 39 here in 97. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I'm going to do math. She does then 17. So she'd be like 
59.65. Oh, guys, she needs to be on MILF Manor. Now, where... If the producers of MILF Manor are listening to this, I need you to go find Peggy from Sally Jesse Raphael in 1997. I don't know when, except for that it was after January, because there's another (laughs) flashback clip from January 1997. So, get on it. Thank you. Peggy is talking about her relationship with her son. She says they've been close sorry that's my couch don't be weird and he's these they've been open with each other and that's why this is bothering her peggy looks so old to me guys christine brown just got married this weekend and she looks i swear to god she looks younger than i do or like the same age as i do and she is 20 years fully older than me peggy looks 20 years older than me and she is apparently four years older than me it's insane she has this kind of like Ugh, I called it a Princess Diana type haircut in my notes, but it's like bigger. It's like, ooh, there's like a, there's a, hmm, <laughs> there's a picture coming into my head. Okay, Girl Interrupted, Brittany Murphy, that hairstyle, but not with the cute headband. I hope you know what it means. It's like, I want to say it's a beehive, but it's like not full on beehive. It's like a wash and go beehive. <laughs> is that right? Um, no, Brittany Burphy was gorgeous and is gorgeous and I miss her terribly. Um, but I hope you know what I mean. It was like that. It was, again, it was the wish version of that. It was big <laughs> and it was kind of round or oval shaped and the curl like the curl went under I feel like that was a very important part of it she had this like red top with a black cardigan her boobs looked bad I 100% promise you that Peggy bought her bra from Sears does there is there Sears in the states somebody tell me I I kind of am starting to get the feeling that like Dillard's is like a Sears. This bra came in a box is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> One of those weird racks. Like my I used to go bra shopping with my mom there like at Sears it was them, and the bras all came in boxes and they were all like oh full coverage for full support. They were like mom fucking bras. They didn't look cute. If ever a man saw me in such a bra I would light myself on fire (laughs) that would be so embarrassing um that is definitely the bra that peggy is rocking and it's not doing her a single goddamn favor anyway she's she's talking about how she loves her son very much um Oh, actually, she's kind of had a. It's kind of a. It it was an awkward interaction. Actually, Sally says, "Oh, and you love him very much, of course. So, what's the secret you're going to reveal today?" And Peggy's like, "Yes, I do love him very much." Well, the secret I have today is that I'm fucking his friend Dean. <laughs> she doesn't say fucking, but basically, that's she's fucking his friend Dean, Scott's friend Dean. Um, apparently, Scott and Dean have been good friends for a long time. 
Peggy is so disgusting. Like I just, I just, again, book her on MILF Manor yesterday. Sally's like, so how did this begin? And Peggy's like, well, I've always enjoyed having the kids over at the house. And she does these big eyes and licks her lips. It's so disgusting. If this was a man, Sally would throw him in jail so fast. Like It's so disgusting. The audience is like kind of laughing, but they're also grossed out. Um, she's like, oh, well, I've always, you know, teased his, teased his friends. Um, but this one started teasing, or I've always kind of flirted with his friends and, you know, but I'm just a tease. But then this one started teasing back. She tells us that apparently they fuck two to three times a week. Sally asks if the age difference bothers her at all. And Peggy's like, not in bed. (laughs) She thinks she's fucking, what is it, Mae West or something? Oh, she's disgusting. Uh, Sally's like, why tell your son at all? Like, why does he need to know this? And Peggy's like, well, he needs to know because, first of all, other people know. So he is going to find out some way. And I think we can deal with it together. <laughs> this is fucking weird. Sally asks Peggy how Peggy thinks Scott will react. Peggy's like, I don't know, I don't know. Hmm. Scott thinks moms are made of stone and they don't have feelings. <laughs> Sally's like, oh, yeah. Like, she, it, it just seems like she's on Peggy's side here. She's trying to relate to Peggy. Maybe she's like, oh, yeah. No kid ever that age wants to think of their parents as doing it. <laughs> Air quotes, doing it. Peggy's like, yeah, he just can't see me as a sensual, sexual woman. <laughs> Sally's like, Be- because because you're his mom. <laughs> Which is exactly what I said, except for I screamed it <laughs> at the iPad I was watching because I was like, why would he? Why would you want that? That's gross. Peggy's like, right. But Dean sees me as a sensual, sexual woman. Yeah, because Dean's not your son, Peggy, you fucking weirdo. Wow, wow, wow. I just feel like there's so much to unpack here. It, I, it, Peggy says a lot of things that make me think she wants to fuck her son. And I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't say that lightly. I don't think she outright wants to, like she's plotting to do it. But something's gone terribly wrong here. I don't know if I did mention it, but she did say she's like a single mother and she raised Scott 100% by herself. Something's gone wrong here. Something's gone very wrong. The way that she speaks to her son. Like, it's almost like she she's like, well, I can't fuck you. What do you want me to do? It's like, that's, oh my God. Like, I don't know where to start. Like, that's not... The question, Becky, that's not the question. Oh, the audience is kind of falling off uh, team Peggy now. Go figure, because uh, she sounds like a fucking predator. Before bringing Scott out, Sally just reminds her audience that he doesn't know the secret yet. So if you could please be sensitive about that, thank you. She sounds like a principal or like a teacher, which is always what she looks like to me. Um, but also, what about all the other people? Like, we see lots of other secrets that I think deserve that same respect. <laughs> but, okay. Scott? Okay, this is a deep, this is a deep cut. <clears throat> Scott kind of looks like Derek. 
king of new Big Brother. Very, but like a very 90s style. He's got a shadow of a goatee. He was kind of cute for the time. Like he's got hair. It's like shaved on the sides, but gelled as fuck on the top. It was very crunchy looking. He got khaki pants straight from the Gap commercials, like the ones that had that swing music when swing music was like really cool for a hot minute. And like a big giant oversized 90s shirt, uh, which actually kind of has like an elbow length t-shirt sleeve, <laughs> which is interesting, uh, super thick material and like a collar, three buttons. It was like elephant gray. I saw these shirts, I swear to you, I don't, I don't know why, because it was still way past when you would have, I don't know where he got these, but my ex had these shirts, and they just, they always looked so uncomfortable to me, like, the moment I saw that fabric, I, it made me itchy, just, if the shirt was within five feet of me, like, and it, and heavy, it made me tired, just, it made me tired imagining just carrying around this shirt all day, it was the heaviest, ugh, scratchiest, grossest looking fabric, I don't know why my ex would have these, because this was, like, 2000, I don't know, 2006, so I don't know where he got them, or why he had them 10 years after they were anywhere, Anyway, now we're going to meet Scott. Find out how Scott wants to deal with this. This is gross. Scott says he has no idea what the secret is because his mom is, quote, so unpredictable, it could be anything not great. (laughs) Scott says she's a good mom for the most part, and he doesn't really clarify that for us. But you know what? I think I understood very quickly (laughs) what he meant um so now Peggy you're up and she says this very fast and rehearsed Peggy has written down and rehearsed quite a bit of what is coming out of Peggy's mouth I think she says well Scott you know how you're always telling me to get out more and have more fun that I worked really hard taking care of you and our house and you want me to enjoy life more I've really been enjoying life a lot more lately. (laughs) Scott's like kind of laughing. I think he obviously knows what she's talking about. He's 22. He's not stupid. And obviously he knows his mom, I would say. So yeah, he's like, great. Yeah. And Peggy's like, so you know how you said you wished I would start seeing somebody? And Scott's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Peggy's like, I've been seeing a man. Scott's like, mm-hmm. You know him pretty well. Big pause. Scott, I've been seeing Dean. And Scott gives a... <laughs> he hides his head laughing. Like a literal... P-F-F-F-F-F-T. One of those. Now we see Dean backstage. In a fleece vest. Wow. The super crunchy, curly, dark hair on top. A real Justin Timberlake moment. Two thick gold loop earrings, one on each side of his head. Pecky says, it's been really good. And they really enjoy each other. But they really care about how he feels as well. (laughs) Ugh, gross. Poor Scott says, I mean... I, uh, ever since I turned 17, you've been hitting on my friends, so I figured one day it would happen. 
And Becky's like, oh, you did? I didn't. And Scott's like, yeah, but I didn't figure it'd be Dean. And she's like, I didn't either. It wasn't on purpose. And Sally's like, well, why didn't you think it would be Dean? And Scott says, because I thought he had more class than that. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> was better, more respect for himself. I mean, I wouldn't go sleep with one of my friend's moms. <laughs> Fair. Peggy says, well, not on purpose. No, but this wasn't a plan on purpose. And I was like, it sounds like it was pretty purposeful, honestly. Peggy says, he sees me as the woman that I am. And you see me as June Cleaver. And I just want you to know that I'm really a woman. Why? And I really have been enjoying his company. But we really do care about your feelings, and that's why we wanted you to know, so that we could deal with it openly, and I will respect your feelings on the matter. But I thank you for bringing your friends home. It's been really delightful. (laughs) Oh, it's gross. It's gross. The audience gives a really weird laugh. Scott gives a weird laugh. It's so gross. Sally asks Scott what he's feeling. He says he's upset, but he, I don't know. He's like, what is there really to say? She's always been hitting on my friends. Sally says, let's talk about the difference between flirting. This is Sally. Hashtag me to yourself. What is this? Sally says, well, let's talk about the difference between flirting with someone and hitting on someone. She probably wasn't like hitting on them though, right? Like really? And Scott's like, yeah, a few of them, yeah, like really hitting on them to see if they bite back. Peggy says, I don't think so. I've always just been a big tease. And Scott says he's angry with this. Like Sally kind of prompts him. Like I, she's like, how do you feel? And he's like, angry. Like it's my friend. It's my mom. It just doesn't really seem right to me. Let's meet Dean. For some reason, Peggy and Scott are in the love seat and Dean is in an uncomfortable looking wicker chair right from Golden Girls. Scott asks Dean why, I mean, how, how could you? (laughs) Dean's like, well, it wasn't planned. It just happened. Dean has very little to say for himself. Scott asks if it's going to continue and Peggy's basically like, I fucking hope so. And Scott's like, yeah, I bet you would. (laughs) It's like... It's so gross. Like, they're on the love seat at this point, and I was, it's just, no, guys, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I want, I want you to be in all the therapy, both of them, in, as individuals and as a mother son, because we have, we have really strayed from where we are meant to be, I think. Peggy says, like, oh, but we respect your feelings, so that's why we want to hear from you. And Scott's like, well, I hope it stops, because I'm not going to approve of this. Um, Sally asks Dean how he feels about Peggy, and Dean responds, the sex is good. To which we get a whoop and a cheer from the audience. (laughs) Spicy. Peggy is making, basically through this, all of this, the whole thing, at any point where it would be gross... (laughs) for her to do it she makes like a weird face and she's like biting her lip like she keeps looking at Scott and biting her lip and it's 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 very uncomfortable I just I don't like it Dean just says well it's all about sex to me we'll be right back commercial we see some backstage 
of Dick with Gilda. If I mean, I assume you all know who Gilda is by now. If not, we'll meet her soon. But Dick is backstage now with Gilda. Rachel's crying. And then we get ugh, an even grosser scene somehow where they're all like sitting backstage. There's like a water cooler. So Scott's at the water cooler and Dean is like awkwardly standing, I don't know, three or four feet away from him, but on his side. And Peggy's like sitting up on a table and like with her back against the wall it's not a table you should be sitting on it's I I don't know if they didn't have chairs or what it's just like a I don't know how to even describe it just like a basic ass fucking table like from school you know you know just a table not like a folding table but like a multi-purpose school type table and she's sitting up there, like, in this flirty position, like, sitting there trying to convince Dean that it's okay, or sorry, trying to convince Scott that it's okay for her to fuck Dean. And, like, Scott's saying, like, if he's my good friend, respect my feelings and stop. And, like, Peggy's like, oh, but, like... She, he's a guy. I'm not supposed to like guys. And he's like, I don't even care about the age difference. It's not even about that. Just pick anyone who's not my fucking friend, you weirdo. It just, it's so awkward. And like more, ugh, it just, it's, it's the body language I would have had when I was 16 in a high school, literally sitting on one of those tables, trying to be cute and like flirty and flirt with some guy who was as uninterested in me as Scott is in his mother for good reason in that case at least oh it was really weird anyway up next we have Cindy and that's Cindy with two y's two y's Cindy c-y-n-d-y Cindy Cindy's high school sweetheart has a secret for her Cindy dated Don Walsh Don Walsh, maybe? Something like that in high school. Oh, this couldn't be a more little <laughs> less interesting story. They met at music camp. They both played instruments, so that makes sense why they were at music camp, because otherwise, why the fuck would you be at music camp? Uh, <laughs> Cindy says that she's she was really shy. She still is, actually. She does sound like a dormouse. It doesn't help. Honestly, even if she was like a firecracker, <laughs> it wouldn't help this story. Uh, then, I don't know, it was his old-fashioned high school love from band camp. And then he left to go on mission to Chile after high school. Which kind of gives me the impression that they're Mormon. And she hasn't seen him since. Cindy is giving me Melissa McCarthy, but she's very sweet. Like, it's just her face. I guess her body type too, but it just her face looks like a Melissa McCarthy face, and I don't know, she's quiet, and she's sweet, and I, I don't, I'm sure this is the first stage she's ever been on in her life. So Cindy has no idea what the secret is, but she says Dawn was always very nice, very polite, and Cindy, or Sally's like, Cindy, say hello to your high school sweetheart, and out comes Jessica! Joke's on us, we've been dead naming Jessica this whole fucking time. <laughs> there's a guy up in the audience with like his hands up to his face like whoa uh jessica has transitioned the look she's in is like a classic evening wear look jessica <sighs> jessica jessica has a floofy curly updo 
uh, pearl necklace, a very an, a, like an asymmetrical, it's like a toga style flowy black dress. Listen, again, when I was 16, I also would have looked at this and been like, oh, I look so cool. It, it doesn't look good. It is really, um, it has no shape is the problem. It's all volume. It's just like, it makes a huge A. It would be hard for like a nat, a nat or a cis woman, um, to pull off, let alone a trans. It's not, mm, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's something you would wear and be like, oh, I don't even have to cinch, but like it, it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks terrible. Cinch anyway, or just, I don't know. I feel bad too, because I feel like in 1997, it's easy now to say, you know, all the, like, Drag Race has been on for, what, like, 15, 16 seasons, so, like, we all know these things, but, uh, I can, uh, I can see Jessica making some very, like, kimchi-esque mistakes, uh, and I wish, I just wish for Jessica's sake, Jessica does seem very nice, I wish that Jessica would have come out, like, fucking Cindy Crawford, you know what I mean, and had, like, her moment, that would have been amazing. I don't think this was Jessica's moment. I'm proud of her for coming out. And I'm sure she did the best that 1997 could give her. Uh, I just wanted more for her. That's all. Uh, and, and you know, these choices. The thing is, the makeup. It wasn't, no, it wasn't just the dress was the problem is the thing. I'm not trying to harp on Jessica. Jessica seems very nice. It's just that there are things that you can work on. I guess that's what bothers me. The The, the choice of dress was unforgivable, truly. But like walking in heels, you can practice that. I, I, if you, okay, heels are bad. Like heels are bad for you and your health. But I've worn heels a lot. There was a period of my life where I wear heels every day. And like, if, I, I don't care either way if you're going to wear them or not. But, like, if you're going to, then just take the time to practice walking in them so that you don't look like a weirdo when you're out and about. That's all. Um, The makeup, again, it's 1997, so obviously Jessica didn't have access to, like, Jeffree Star or shit like that. But get out there. Try different things. Try to soften your jawline. I just feel like there was a lot of, again, just mistakes that could be corrected. That's all. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing they probably haven't started hormone therapy yet. I I wish, I wish this was a better moment for Jessica. I feel bad. I just, or like Carmen Carrera. I want Jessica to come out as Carmen Carrera. It's just not, she's not Carmen Carrera yet. Uh, but apparently she's been living as a woman for seven years. Sally tells her, tells Cindy, Cindy hasn't said anything still, so she tells Cindy that Cindy should be happy that Jessica's healthy and safe. True. Uh, Sally tells everyone, or Sally says that everyone from her show has said that Jessica's a very nice person, of course. Uh, Cindy looks a little shocked. Jessica says that she wants to rekindle their friendship. They've lost touch, been wondering what happened to Cindy. Oh gosh, it's like paint drying. So Sally, this this was the only, well, this was the only part that Cindy really spoke after she found out the secret anyway. But Sally asks Cindy what she thinks. And she kind of, I don't know if she trips on her words, but she's like, I think anybody should be able to 
But then she, like, stutters over it. But I guess she seems fine with it. And then Sally's like, good for you. We'll be right back. <laughs> I was like, good for you. You're not a transphobe. <laughs> like, that is good for you, Cindy. And it's not... But actually, what she said was, I think anybody should be able to... That was it. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Commercial. Sally's on the love seat now with a fine-looking young man named Chris who has a brush cut. Says he's very afraid about the secret he's going to tell his mom, Joni. I don't care for the name Joni. That is all. He thinks she's going to snap. Maybe not in front of all these people, but as soon as, he's like, as soon as we're at the door, she will. I was like, oh, yikes. I don't like that. Joni's pacing in the secluded area. Chris says his relationship with his mom is good. They've been super close. They would stay up at night and eat cereal and talk about, like, whatever happened during the day. And now he's going to tell his mother he's bi and has a, I, I want to say has a boyfriend. I wrote has a boyfriend, but he has someone he's been sleeping with and they've been living together for a month. And I was like, I think if you're sleeping with someone and living with someone, I think we can say boyfriend at that point, but... I guess it's not to me to define that relationship. Sally asks for the name, and I don't know why we kept that in, because it gets blanked out. Sally asks why Chris is concerned about telling his mom this. Chris says, well, basically that his whole family is super homophobic, and that he reveals that him and his mom used to watch Sally together and make fun of the gay people on her show. And then about a month ago, he started having all these fill-ins, I guess, for another man. Chris expects to be disowned. He's never met his father. He doesn't expect the rest of his family to react well either. And he says it hurts that he feels that he won't be accepted for who he is, which is sad. This is sad. This is a 1997. I mean, again, I'm sure it still happens, but I feel like this was a big deal in 1997. Because people were even shittier than they are now about it, if you can believe that. Sally asks if it would be better to just stay in the closet. It's like she's playing devil's advocate, I guess, but she kind of almost sells it too well. Where she's like, wouldn't it be better to just, like, wouldn't it be easier to just lie forever? <laughs> Chris is like, well, no, because how can I go through my whole, the whole rest of my life keeping a secret? And Sally gives him a little pat on the back of approval <laughs> for that answer to the question she set up for him. Sally's like, well, I can't protect you after you leave the stage, but I can protect you here and maybe from the shock of it. And I was like, oh, great. That's not enough, Sally. Like, that's, that's not good. Try, try harder <laughs> to protect him after he leaves the stage. That is the least you could do. Uh, Chris's tie is that ugly, circly couch pattern. <laughs> like... A lot of circles. Too many circles. I've seen it on couches, I swear to you. Joni's hair is big, and she looks like she could be a Napoleon Dynamite. Her hair is very, like, it's it's bleach blonde fried, but it it's giving me um, Napoleon's... Oh, my God. So, Napoleon Dynamite. Not Summer, but the other girl that he has a crush on. What's her name? blank don't remember um that girl's mom that like uncle rico's hitting on 
<laughs> that's who this woman kind of reminds me of. She is a southern lady, I think. Sally says that Chris says that Joni's a good mom. And then Chris is like, um, I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you. And Joni's like, oh, what is it? Tell me. And Chris is like, I'm bisexual. Joni says, you're not serious. I, uh, I just can't. Chris, there are certain things I can deal with and certain things I can't. When did this come about? Chris is like, just recently. And she goes, oh, <laughs> oh, like what? What? Why is that not the right answer? Is it? Would it be better if he was like, since I hit puberty, I've been thinking about sticking it in guys. Would that be better? Or I don't know. Oh, Chris says he's always been looking for something for someone, and he found it, and it's a guy. Joni says she's not real happy with this. Chris says, didn't think you would be. Just didn't want to keep lying to you all the time. Sally tries to relate with Joni, which obviously kind of comes off not great. Um, She says, well, I don't think any parent or even any family member on hearing this would be, like, excited or psyched for this. So she thinks she knows how Joni's feeling. And I was like, homophobic? <laughs> it's odd. Um, but it's your son and he wants you to love him. And, you know, if they can't accept it, that's okay to, uh, Chris, I guess she said that. Then you have to go be on your own and they will have lost the benefit of your relationship. (laughs) In my head, I was like, and you will have lost your mother. So also sucks for you. Um, anyway, now we get a different flashback. That's the end of Chris and Joni, I guess. Hmm. Thanks for protecting him from Joni's rage, Sally. There's a flashback from January 27th, 1997 of some other lady. Sally looks completely different, which is odd because this is within 12 months of, of this. Uh, anyway, this this other girl has a Monica haircut. She actually looks a lot like Rachel and she has a similar secret to tell, but she's sassy. She's kind of a bitch to the audience at one point, like, because she cheated on her husband or fiance or whatever. Um, and actually she had an affair that he knew about and then she told him he cut it, that she cut it off, but she didn't actually, she says now she's more in love than ever. Um, but as she's like telling him, she's like, I have something to tell you. And he's like, okay. And then the audience is like, boo, the audience is like, you suck. And she's like, excuse me, I'm talking. And I was like, that is, that's a lot of sass from someone who's here to, admit that they're a garbage person (laughs) okay sally i don't know oh there's a paternity test for that other chick and the poor guy's father and he was the father and they're going to court to fight over for paternity and i was like well that's not good news uh i guess that's the news though Next up, I think this is, yeah, this is the last one. <laughs> this is where Sally sets up that this next person is here to have someone else do their dirty work. That That's like, there's a secret that they just don't want to tell their rest of their family. So they're going to tell one person in their family that'll be cool about it. And that person will tell the rest of them. So Desiree is going to tell her cousin. Okay, well, uh, to me, I would say Gabriel. Gabriel. 
Um, Sally keeps saying Gabrielle, which would be a girl's name. I don't know. Gabriel looked like he might have... Uh, well, he didn't look trans... I don't know. I, uh, I think Gabriel's gay. I don't know. I don't have any proof for that, so maybe that makes me an asshole, but I'm... If I, if we're betting, I'm definitely betting on Gabriel being gay. That's all. Desiree is going to tell her cousin Gabriel a secret so that he can tell the rest of her family. Gabriel says, again, I'm saying Gabriel. They did say Gabrielle every time, so maybe I'm an asshole. But Gabrielle says Desiree is really smart. She has a nursing degree, very conservative, always helping out at family get-togethers, which kind of... I, that seemed like a specific way to say that someone's helpful. Like, if you were like, oh, tell me about so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, they're really helpful. I, <laughs> I don't need, like, a specific example of times that they are helpful. Just say helpful. Uh, Gabrielle is real cute. I'll say that. His skin is beautiful, and it's so smooth, and it's this gorgeously caramel color. And I... Love it. I want to lick it, maybe. I don't know what I want to do. I just want to touch it. It looks very smooth. He says that Desiree is a very nice girl. Desiree now comes out to, I don't know, some hardcore music, I guess, raunchy music. Uh, Desiree, she, she comes out in the cheapest possible looking stripper outfit I've ever seen. It's like a leather maid kind of vibe. With, like, a terrible red wig that needs to be brushed out at least. And, like, a bat type of mask that my six-year-old has. He has the same mask. It's reversible, actually. It's, like, Spider-Man on one side and Batman on the other side. This was that exact uh, mask. Uh, She does a little shake and a booty drop. And at first I was like, oh, well, I guess if she wants to hide her identity as a stripper you know she doesn't want everybody to know she's a stripper that's why she's wearing this crazy outfit but then after she dances she sits down and starts taking it all off like she takes off the mask and like the shit so I was like oh so why were you wearing a mask like it was just like because that's what leather clad maids wear like it was very it was very confused I didn't understand the narrative from her outfit I will give her that as a feedback uh as her stripper job you know what I mean uh Desiree says well I got laid off my nursing job and I needed to make some money and I wasn't gonna work at a McDonald's because I have too much of an education to be working for four dollars an hour I can't be surviving myself on $4 an hour. Uh, so she's been stripping. It's good money and it pays the bills. Desiree didn't tell all family members that she's living with currently about the stripping. So she wants Gabriel uh, to tell them. Gabriel's like, whatever, it's my cousin, unconditional love and all that. He couldn't give less of a shit. Commercial. Now we have Gilda. Gilda comes out to one across the stage with her even floofier Sally hair and her white Marge Prada power suit. You know what I mean? Uh, a Marge Prada power suit. Of course, I assume you've watched The Simpsons, the classic Simpsons where Marge finds, I think it's a Prada. It's like a designer power suit thing in um, 
I don't know, like an off the rack. I don't know, not off the rack. I don't know, a bargain bin thing. Uh, it's, it's that it looks, it's the same pattern as that. Exactly. Um, anyway, she swans across the stage and I mean like capital swans, like she has her arms out and she's like, ah, like moving across, like, I don't even know. Like I not, I want to say like she's in a play, but it's more than that. Like she is where else could you swan like that other than across the Sally Jesse Raphael stage like you're the head bitch in charge because you have psychologist or therapist or some shit after your name and a Marge Prada power suit <laughs> so she's gonna start with the mom uh Peggy Sally says the audience is pretty down on Peggy and I understand Peggy says well it takes two and Gilda's like Yes, it takes two, but you're supposed to be the more mature one in this situation. Okay, get it. You feel like you're at your peak, <laughs> but there are limitless other guys out there that aren't your son's friends. You put yourself out there as a seductress to your son, and then you have the audacity to tell your son his friend is providing you great sex. This isn't a conversation you have with your son. <laughs> True. Uh, and then Sally's like, Rachel, I said you would talk to her. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, she was your headline, uh, story. I hope Gilda talks to her. Gilda's like, yes, this really takes my heart away. <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> it's 12 months. Like, they don't, it doesn't sound like they have kids. Why would this one take your heart away? Apparently it's because Dick told her backstage that he doesn't want to marry Rachel. Okay. And you know what? We can all understand the feeling. He's in pain. It's shocking. It's his brother. Like, it's his brother. Let's not... You know, I did watch this probably twice before it clicked into me that it was his brother. And that's horrible. Like, what, <laughs> what are you thinking that he would get past this? Uh, which is what Gilda says. She's like, what I can't understand... Um, and then she's oh, it's so cringy. She's like, and this is... I'm going to be working with this couple after the show. And for... Ha! For quite a while afterwards. <laughs> okay, Gilda. Uh, but what I can't understand is, like, why are you were amazed at his reaction, Rachel? Silence. What was that about? More silence. What were you expecting him to say? Please tell me. <laughs> Rachel's like, nothing. And Gilda's like, you expected him to say nothing? <laughs> and Rachel's like, We'll just be mad. But he's acting like he doesn't even know me. And then everyone cheers. And Gilda's like, because he thought he did know you. And apparently he didn't because you fucked his brother. <laughs> Gilda's like, do you want to marry her? Dick's like, no. <laughs> Can't say it fast enough. Gilda is particularly upset with Joni and Chris, she says. She sits on the edge of the love seat over Joni. Joni looks southern pissed, like she's still smiling, but her face looks like it's carved out of stone. Uh, Gilda asks Joni about like making fun of gay people on the Sally show, and Joni doesn't say anything, but Chris is like, I we both did it. Like here, I kind of was I thought that was big of him. Like it would have been easy for him to throw his mom under the bus here, but he was like, Yes, and but like both of us, we both did that. Um, and then someone in the audience, 
He's kind of tall and stocky. He's got like a fully black goatee. It looks like he might have used just for men, just in the goatee. Uh, he definitely, I don't know if he learned this off by heart or if they gave him a teleprompter. He seems so awkward. He's like, but also dramatic. And <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But he's like, my name is Jerry. I'm really touched by your story. And I'd like to give you a life experience. I am too. I am gay. <laughs> Such a weird way to say it. Um, anyway, he had a similar story. He came out to his parents and his parents were shitty about it. Because it was the 90s. Sally gives him a hug and throws to commercial. After the show, I guess Peggy... Oh, we get little update things. So, <laughs> this is not the show words. This is my words. So, just... <laughs> That should be obvious, but if it's not, I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, Peggy wanted to keep fucking Dean, but Dean said that his friendship with Scott meant more to him. Dean and Peggy are no longer fucking. Peggy and Scott are, quote, working on their relationship. (laughs) Gross. Cindy with two Y's and Dawn are still friends. Uh, Cindy's glad to have her friend back. Desiree's family's cool shit, and they hope she finds a nursing job ASAP. (laughs) That was a very funny way to put that. Uh, Since the show, Chris has not spoken to Joni. I know I had to tell my mom the truth, but it's still hard to know that your family can't accept you for who you are. Chris says his friends help him, and he thanks everyone in the audience for not being assholes. Dick says there's no fucking way he's marrying Rachel. She's devastated. But Dick says he's trying to move on with his life and meet a woman he can trust. (laughs) No update on Rachel, I guess, (laughs) other than being devastated. Sally, uh, after our updates there, Sally says, fascinating hour visiting with these people. Gilda, you're the best. I was going to say it off camera, but why not say it on camera? (laughs) Sally says, I think... They really need some help there in the middle. I think that's, I think that's Rachel. It's either Rachel or Peggy. Everybody needs help. What we'll do is dip back in in a few months and see how things are going. Until next time. Uh, I want to point out a few of the uh, end credits here that really caught my eye because they were some great ones. We had special thanks to Salon Ziba. Ziba? Okay. Uh, off Broadway, just, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know that was an organization. Like, I thought it was just like, am I an idiot? I'm usually good with stuff like that, but like, okay, so I thought there was like Broadway, like I have a show on Broadway. I didn't know, are those all run by one group? I didn't think it would be like that, but anyway, I thought there'd be like Broadway and then like a shittier street the few streets over it was like off Broadway. <laughs> they like also had plays. But I didn't think that was one organization altogether. But we gave a special thanks, don't know why, to off Broadway. Next, there's a special thanks for Come Again Erotic Emporium. That's Come Again Erotic Emporium. So I'm guessing that's who suited up Desiree with her weird weird costume and it looks like they just, they were just like put everything on her nothing expensive though we might not get it back yikes um and uh we had there was I don't know there's a bunch more I didn't write it all down but uh the one that I loved that I just loved it be that it got its own category because that would never happen anymore it was hosiery hosiery 
Hosiery Hosiery provided by Donna Karen Hosiery. So there we go. That must be who's providing all the pantyhose. That's crazy that that was a thing back in the day. Well, thank you for coming back, back, back. Thank you for your patience as these episodes trickle out. I appreciate the listen. Um, Probably, honestly, just for your own benefit, just so you don't miss any episodes, probably just subscribe because, as you know, they're not coming out regular weekly anymore. So I don't want you to miss them. So maybe just hit the subscribe button um, if you're listening in like Apple or Spotify or something and then you won't miss it. That would be great. Maybe while you're on there, if you have an extra extra second, you could like rate and or review and or subscribe. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. I'd appreciate that. That'd be doing me a real solid. Uh, you can connect with me if you want on Facebook at Reality Roots Podcast, which is a profile, or you could just send me an email like it's 1997 to gmail.com. And uh, yeah, send me your feedback, thoughts, comments, concerns, praise, compliments, good vibes, all that stuff. And yeah, we'll be back. I don't know when, (laughs) sometime, probably within the next month. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Okay, bye.